Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast, where we talk about the medical benefits of cannabis. My name is Jack Stone, one half of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. We're here with Ryan Chavez, and we also have a special guest today. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, what's going on, Jack? Thank you for the introduction. And yes, welcome back, everybody. Uh, rate, subscribe, share us with any friends or loved ones that you think will be uh, that will appreciate the content of the show, will be helped by the content of the show. And as always, we are trying to bring you, as always, guys, the best quality information and products at all times. And there is no exception to that rule today. And just, you know, furthermore, what we're talking about today, um, we have listeners from all over the world. We want to thank you guys again for, you know, listening and coming on every week to do that. But if you're in the United States, it's very likely that you may have bumped into our next guest if you're just walking around the streets. They're very local. That's called Your CBD Store. So Your CBD Store is the largest hemp retailer in the United States. They now have over 500 locations nationwide with featuring their award-winning Summit and Sunflora products. They feature quality, purity, and transparency. It's everything that they're all about, and it's also what we're all about here at the Cannabis Connoisseur. And so today, we have the man that stands behind the science of all of those cool products all across the country that you guys will be seeing, Dr. Tony Ferrari. And just a little introduction on him, Dr. Tony started at Ithaca College, where he later went on to receive a PhD in analytical chemistry from Florida State, way above my pay grade. <laughs> in 2015, he joined an essential oil and CBD company in Colorado, where he utilized his analytical techniques to study terpene characterization and its interaction with CBD and other cannabinoids. His interest in plant medicine as a modern solution to pharmaceuticals has led him to SunMed, where he will continue to design CBD-based formulations that utilize modern chemical applications. So as the chief science officer, what all of that means is that we're going to be able to get a lot of good answers today from our questions that we ask, right? So therefore, I want to give a nice warm welcome to our guest on the show today, Dr. Tony Ferrari, the Chief Science Officer at Your CBD Store. Dr. Tony, thanks for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here, guys, and uh, excited that uh, there's more to cannabis podcasting to <laughs> where you guys actually deep dive into the science and take a look at some of the critical questions. So. I appreciate you guys too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And, sure. and on here, you can definitely, uh, definitely, we we definitely try to nerd out a little bit. We like nerding out a little <laughs> bit. Say Good. on, on this stuff for sure. So uh, you know, I I I know I don't ever do it justice uh, when we do these things, as far as the introduction goes. So if you can just give me a little bit of background on yourself, anything maybe I didn't cover, anything that would be good for our listeners to know. If this is our first time, if this is our hundred and fifth time on here, we'd love to get that background. That'd be great. Yeah. So I mean. As you guys know, there's no formal, you know, pathway to a cannabis career, but mine was a little bit serendipitous where I was kind of moving across the country. Um, my wife is getting her PhD in neuroscience, so I was kind of going to her universities after I graduated, you know, thought I would, you know, help help uh, travel with her to have her pursue her career. And I kind of just wound up with that essential oil CBD company doing analysis. Um the instrument was the exact instrument that I did in grad school. So I didn't really have much of a background <laughs> into plant science and that stuff. I just knew how to analyze the material really well. Um, but once I got, I was basically one of my first tasks was to look into the research of CBD and try to provide some sort of article reference to, you know, anti-inflammatory effects or sleep effects. And as I like got, you know, more enthralled in the research, um, I started to notice, like, this is not, 
your lavender is making a sedative effect. We are talking about a lot of different life-changing, you know, as you guys know, all the things that cannabis can work on. And, you know, understanding the endocannabinoid system overall, I was like, well, this this is exactly what I want to try to do, to, to try to problem-solve um, and do it in a way where we can include farmers, include smaller, you know, groups. I know that we're a large group, but we operate, like you guys said, as a local sort of hub for different communities. And uh, the brick and mortar thing was what I really wanted to get into. Um, the online stuff, it, it's very easy to sit behind a formula online and sort of do the customer service that, you know, that, that happens. But when you're in a brick and mortar retail, you have to stand by your products. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's an issue, <laughs> that's somebody knocking on somebody's door and that, that somebody is our franchisee. So um, we have a lot that goes, I, I think a lot of our success is due to that, uh, holding us to that sort of level of scrutiny. But yeah, that's kind of like where I uh, sort of meandered into cannabis that way. <laughs> so, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you, do, you do a lot of research on cannabis and we all talk about CBD. It's been the hot topic for the last few years in the, in the space. But um, with your research, can you talk about some of the therapeutic benefits of some of the other impactful cannabinoids besides CBD? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the more recent discoveries that we've run into were, like some of the clinicals that we're structured right now are on CBN and on CBG. Mm-hmm. So those are, to me, the obvious ones that, are now hitting the forefront and they're almost becoming as popular as CBD. Um, so CBN obviously for uh, sleep and that sort of thing, but CBG to me is the interesting one. It it has large uh, anti-inflammatory effects that have been linked to neurological in- inflammation, and that's sort of where the anxiety, PTSD, Alzheimer's, all of those three really important fields. Um, those all are based off of uh, inflammation in the in the brain. And we don't know why. Uh, we don't know the mechanism. We just know that if we were to drop neurological inflammation in that area, um, we can get some good outcomes. So if you think about like seizures and CBD, um, I kind of think CBG is just uh, a little bit more aggressive compared to CBD when it comes to uh, neurological issues. So I mean, that's sort of like the the beginning parts of our research. Um, What we're trying to do now is take a look at THCV um, and its weight loss properties. We already have a clinical done on that. Um, And the the next forefront for me is going to be what happens when you mix and match these compounds. So what happens when CBG is mixing with THCV? Are we getting, you know, some of this neurological anti-inflammatory action alongside the, the stuff that THCV is doing. And I think uh, parsing all that together is going to be basically my work for the next five years. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we started with vanilla and chocolate and now we got like 500 like flavors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but it's so cool. I mean, that's what we want, right? I mean, we're, we're starting to pull all these things out. And so THCV, I mean, that, that has, from my understanding, it's, it's energizing and it also, um, yeah, it stunts your appetite, right? I mean, that's what that... Yeah, and we did a metabolic sugar uh, study, too, to take a look at the blood sugar content, and that was decreased as well. So oh. it might be it might be a two-front war when it comes to weight loss, one that modulates uh, your your blood sugar, wow. So and then also appetite suppressing. But I think you're right. 
in that from a consumer it might feel like okay all these other cannabinoids are now relevant but if you think about it cbd is just was pretty randomly selected as the you know the most therapeutic cannabinoid but in a lot of ways to us cbd is just the beginning uh conversation to lead people to i mean as you know like you take cbd you feel relaxed you feel you know it works on inflammation so there's a lot of benefits to it but some of these more exotic actions like you know neurological stuff thcv with appetite or cbn with sleep like those are actually more you know pressing issues in some cases um mm-hmm. for therapeutic benefits so i don't i don't think it's I don't think CBD is dead, <laughs> but I do think it was sort of the learning curve for the public to understand, like, oh, this stuff isn't just marijuana. It doesn't just get you high. It has these other effects. And, you know, for that, we're, we're lucky to have CBD. But It's almost like how I view Delta-8 with psychoactive cannabis, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Delta-8 is, and I know I mentioned this on the last episode, D- Delta-8 is kind of like introducing the country, in my opinion, and the world to psychoactive cannabis that is proving to everybody that you're not going to like die or end up flattened on a couch, you know, mm-hmm. like the old like commercials right back in the day, the anti pot commercials there. So I, I think Delta, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. CBD kind of did to all the other cannabinoids. What I, I feel like Delta eight kind of did with Delta or psychoactive cannabis, I should say, not just Delta nine or anything, but yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I don't know where the industry is going to go ultimately, but in my head, there probably will be a reckoning or something to these recreational medical products that are all extremely high in uh, Delta 9. And that just doesn't work for like our average population or people that have never tried cannabis before that want to dip their toe in, that don't want to be like out of their mind with their grandchildren in the room. You know what I mean? Like there's, we're, we're talking about people's real lives and, and they've never tried it. They have a giant stigma. Um, and yeah, Delta 8, I think, functions beautifully in that space where it's like, this is just a light attenuation to exactly what Delta 9 will feel like. So it's almost like a beginning process for a new user. So yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. And, and it's just like a world that just keeps opening up, obviously, the more research we're doing. And, and the cannabinoids just are... Uh, I mean, there, there's just so many that just keep popping up. I, I just, you know, every time you, you do a Google Reddit search... You can find something else <laughs> that's popping yeah. up all over the place. So it's like, um, now, now that's really, that that's interesting. Now, uh, just to dig a little bit deeper on some of this research, um, I know your team is joining forces with uh, the Laboratory for Study of Anxiety Disorders at the University of Texas at Austin, testing the effectiveness of several CBD oil formulations for COVID-19 stress and anxiety symptoms. Now, that's really interesting. Um, anxiety seems to be a really big reason, you know, why people take a jump into cannabis in the first place. So I would love to just kind of hear what you guys are, you know, kind of seeing from those research, uh, tests as well. Yeah. So what we were trying to look for in a couple of, so we have one that was just on PTSD with this university of Texas, Austin researcher. Um, his name is Dr. Michael Telk. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we sort of like my strategy with research was to target, experts in whatever field we wanted to look at. So yeah. for anxiety, we targeted Dr. Telk because he was kind of like curious into cannabinoids, but hadn't fully been sold. But he, he's got like 25 years of like, you know, insanely um, meaningful anxiety data. He like, just a quick aside on him, he, he did some projects over in Afghanistan and Iraq 
where they actually did PTSD measurements on soldiers before they were deployed, while they were actively deployed, and after. So it was the first time they actually tracked each one of these meaningful anxiety markers before, you know, beginning and after. So somebody yeah. like that who thinks about things holistically, like all of this stuff matters, sleep, stress, all of that stuff, like, bottles into your diagnosis of PTSD and things like that. Um, he was, like, the perfect candidate for us. So what what he did is during COVID, he, he realized there's going to be an immense amount of fallout mentally <laughs> from fatigue and all this stuff. I'm sure everyone is feeling the same way. Um, but basically, what happens to that anxiety as a society and, and can CBD be beneficial? That was basically the, the premise. And all we did was um, modulate the the compounds so that we had a full um, look at how relevant the Delta-9 component actually was. So we did a broad spec, and then we did a full spec, and then a placebo, and we just, the exact same extract, just one without Delta-9, one with Delta-9. So um, we don't have the full results yet, but the the idea was there was actually going to be a, a light negative effect in some patients um, with the Delta-9, and then some extremely powerful positive effects in Delta-9 patients. And I think that's probably the right way to think about anxiety and and Delta-9 specifically is that cannabinoid is problematic in some people and extremely therapeutic in other people. And mm -hmm. I think putting a box or a label on that cannabinoid is the danger in that <laughs> specific you're, one. You're right. It's, it's like milk, right? Like some people can drink it and some people are intolerant. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think when you're talking about a mental disorder or something like that, um, something that disrupts your normal train of thought, if you will, especially yeah. if you're anxiety riddled, it, for people to just be like, yeah, go ahead and do this or that. I think that's sort of like what our nuance is as a as a group and as a researcher is like, I'm not really trying to figure out like maybe the maximum or the best answer and try to like prove all these things about our products. I'm just trying to figure out like, how do we talk about this stuff with the general public and how do we get them just the proper answers? So something like, is Delta-9 a good thing for anxiety people? It's like, sometimes. <laughs> I think that's probably the answer somewhere in there. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to just like have these flat answers. And I feel like that's where a lot of researchers and people try to put these cannabinoids in a box and they, they change and we, we learn more about them. And it's just not, it's not as simple as we try to make it. CBD is a good one and THC is the bad one. That's what I hear all the time. <laughs> right. But it's like. So wrong. You know, yeah. like, I yeah. love THC, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, no, you're, you're, you're right about that. And, and um, I'm curious, have you seen any, like, so have you, are you guys, like, seeing strategies or methods at all at this point? I know you're, you're early on in the research, but any strategies or methods that, like, are, are more effective than others for, you know, addressing anxieties related to COVID? Yeah, I mean, at this point, what we're basically taking a look at in a lot of these studies is just like, what's the baseline effect and was CBD effective in, in lowering yeah. this? And in almost all the cases, we're seeing great effects um, on anxiety. So Shocker. It's, it's not shocking. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the thing is like, I'm doing this research and it's almost like we're doing it backwards, right? We finally have federal funding. We finally can go into use to different research, uh, you know, universities. But we already kind of know what the results are going to be, you know, like, <laughs> it's not like I'm uh, some sort of like, this isn't new science, this isn't new effects, but, you know, we have to put our name behind like this discovery or whatever. It's just like, uh, that, that part's, 
pretty bizarre. But yeah, I mean the 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 next set of stuff that we're going to be looking at is going to be um, water solubility and looking at pharmacokinetics. So like, if I have an anxiety patient, it would be best to have something that hits and and works immediately, right? You know, if you have a panic attack and things like that. So we, we often recommend vaping and things like that um, for that solution. But I wanted to try to go a little bit deeper and look at what happens if we modulate our water soluble to different particle sizes, which will then do different time, you know, dosing dependency. So, you know, after an hour, after 30 minutes, after 15 minutes of like it hitting your system, what, what gives us the best outcome? So that's sort of like the question that we're going to be probing next with Dr. Telk's group is what happens when you vary the, the delivery form when it comes to anxiety? I mean, you're talking about water soluble. You're talking about like like tincture-based, like medication, like formulations that you guys will be making or? Yeah, basically yeah. like when we yeah. do our water soluble and everyone calls it whatever. So I just call it water soluble because it's like an artifact of the, but it's an emulsion, a water emulsion. Um, yeah. But basically, yeah, it's, um, it goes into a water product and is surrounded by a liposome. And if you change the particle size of the liposome, you change the amount of time it takes to like be delivered, basically. So that's going to be, I think, the question that I would have is, like, what can you do with that and what advantages can you have in an anxiety space where you're trying to figure out all these different anxiety conditions and what's the most optimal way to, to, to study that stuff so. so well, people need it especially right now so this is really important science um kind of pivoting here but on your website you guys offer both full spectrum and broad spectrum products so in regards to efficiency what's like the difference between the two do you see similar results yeah i mean it's it's sort of it just goes back to that Delta 9 conversation of yeah. preference in that way. But that was sort of like the beginning stages of my interaction with the company was like when we first started, when we had like 12 stores, when I very like started there about three years ago, we went out and we had one of our stores in Alabama. And I was, I'm like from the Northeast. I don't really know much about southern culture and things like that so <laughs> my stigma was okay you know cannabis and hemp that won't work at all in alabama yeah. but you know we packaged it differently with broad spectrum saying you know this does not have it has a non-detectable level of delta nine and just that in itself gets people to drop their stigma go in the door and try it but that was the whole marketing behind our broad spec at the time was this is not different than Delta 9. It has CBN, it has CBG, it has CBC, um, has all these other miners present, um, and it's not just an isolate. So our broad spec is very similar to our full spec. Um, we don't really, like, we're, we're not trying to make it that much different at all. The only difference is the Delta 9 that's present. So efficacy-wise, like I said, it has a few ailments or things like that that it can affect, but we're not, like... Some of our other products feature other cannabinoids and go much deeper into trying to have those effects be felt. So if you try our broader or full, you're not going to see much of a difference for sure. And I guess uh, just on that too, I mean, I just, I'm curious, do you have like personally just a favorite product that you like to, to utilize? Or? Right now it's the, basically like matching CBG with stuff has been mm. fun for me. So 
like we had um a full spec product that i mixed with cbg and it's just like a very different version of whatever that full spec product is so i'm not sure what's going on with cbg but i'm definitely interested in in what it's doing it's almost like an amplifier to whatever cannabinoid you're pairing it with which i think is it shows that it's got utility it's versatile um so the fact that it has all these other great benefits and it's non-psychoactive um is interesting to me i recently just very recently got into cbg like and and i got some really i i you know obtained some some good flour um that like i'd say like a month or two ago and uh i've been you know just vaping that and um it's really nice actually and 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 i i think it's like it has like a like a light energetic property and i noticed you guys use it for your daytime formula which is really good yep. it's really tasty your formulas are very tasty by the way that's one thing i'll say about your formula. <laughs> awesome yeah i i enjoy them um yeah i i noticed that it gives me like a little perk right and and yep. uh, but like it's like cbd but i feel like cbd is just i don't want to say duller it's just a little bit more i don't know i guess relaxing right yeah. like Mm-hmm. And that is that like generally what how a lot of people feel about CBG. It's a little bit more perky, but it's like the CBD, but the perkier version, possibly. I don't know. It's hard yeah, to that, that's kind of what I'm thinking of it as too. I mean, it has uh, a lot of clinical dollars right now are going into Alzheimer's research around it and stuff like that. So wow. the the neurological inflammation, I don't think that it's not. It, it could just be that. It could be that it's more like CBD is less stimulating neurologically. Um, but the, what, what's so interesting is you think of a, something like CBG that can be focusing or energetic, right? Well, you know, it, it's not intoxicating, but it is by definition still psychoactive, right? It's still working on some neurological sort of um, delivery into your brain. So that yeah. that part of CBG excites me because I think it is something that you can feel a difference. Doesn't yeah. matter your age, you know. Doesn't matter if you've tried cannabis before. If you if you have enough CBG and you get to the point where oh, I feel more focused. It's sort of like a, a therapeutic in the way that it makes you feel for sure. Compared to like CBD, like you said, is a little bit more sedative and calming. There's a there's a doctor. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Doctor Amen. Uh, he basically talks. He's a he's a scientist. He's a neuro, neurologist, and he does brain scans. He's against cannabis use, um, unless you're okay. like a c- cancer patient that's, that's dying. Uh, but he, he basically, like, some of the science that he comes up with is, is like, that, if, that, these, that cannabis affects your brain in different ways and in negative ways, and, and uh, it, like, it, it, it hurts it. <laughs> it gets you closer to Alzheimer's. So do you think, like, and this is just kind of off the cuff here, but do you yep. think that, like, you know, with, say, do you think it's just, like, the different strains and, like, Maybe this guy isn't really studied like these different strains like CBG and then, and obviously this is all new stuff. So I mean, have you heard of other people like this that you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it, it, it comes out of a lack of education for sure. You know, to to just broadly and sweepingly say that I'm sure that he's probably talking about underage THC research that shows how it affects developing brains, and I think that that's an important thing to point out. Whenever, whenever we try to give warnings out around our products and stuff, we always give the pregnancy warning. We always give the breastfeeding warning because we just simply don't know. But my guess is it's probably not as dangerous as a lot of the compounds that are prescribed regularly. So I think for him to sort of be combative or 
pushing away towards a natural solution before we know more about it is, you know, close-minded. But I think that that's going to be the trick is, right, we have to get a lot of people on board in a lot of ways. And the way to do that is to cultivate data, to work with regulatory people and show them what is the truth around this matter. (laughs) And we can sit here and try to, like, hypothesize as to what's the dangers and stuff. But until we actually take a look at the data and we present it side by side, we won't actually know the true answer to a lot of these questions. So again, it goes back to the idea of in cannabis, it's very dangerous to say absolutes because in two years, it could all change. We we really, really don't know the the important pieces. I think, um, so Raphael Michelum, he's the grandfather of cannabinoids. He discovered the ECS. And I've talked to him before. My my um, uh, my lab manager was just in Israel, and he chatted with him as well. And so the father of the field, right? He he basically started the entire cannabis science field, and he's right now looking at fragments of cannabinoids and trying to figure out what part of the compound is active. I mean, that's how that's how at the very very beginning stages we are looking at it from the chemical perspective. I mean, we just don't know what the system, the ECS system is capable of. And then we also don't know what are the problematic issues around it. So we don't know exactly what he's talking about, where it can lead to Alzheimer's. We, we don't have evidence that, from my opinion, that, that shows that. But things like that, we, 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 we have to be looking at both sides of it from a cannabis perspective, because we walk into a room with regulators, um, they're going to want to know some of those issues on toxicology. So we've done like some liver toxicity studies that were all very positive. They didn't show anything like that at high doses. So that that's the approach that I think will help the cannabis industry more than hurt to whenever you're running a clinical or a research thing, just go ahead and screen for toxicology things because that data is going to be what helps Congressperson X vote for it in Kentucky, right? That's so great. like all those things need to be there. So where do you see the future? The, uh, where, like, what's in store for the future of cannabis in your CBD store as we progress? Actually, I, I was just—that was a good, good follow-up there. I was actually just going to ask that question too. Yeah, I would love to hear. Now that you've mentioned all that, <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I would love yeah, to hear. I mean, I think yeah. it's just like find the interesting compounds like we're doing right now. THCV. We 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 dared to go into Delta-8 once we felt comfortable with our dosing and and figured that out. Um, But I think that's going to be the future for us is is navigating these new cannabinoids, working with testing labs to figure out the new procedures on how to test for them. So I have my PhD in analytical chemistry, so I'm always involved in the testing side. That's really how I got to where I am today with just building out our quality control system and the testing and all that. But that's something that that we benefit to to work with these labs and to get ahead of the regulators like okay what like right when the vaping issue happened i went to our lab and we figured out how to do a vitamin e acetate screen so we could screen for that material that was in all the bad vapes for the flavors and stuff like that so um but just developing so like for thc uh v um it turns out that that isomer is very easily made from a delta 8 source and that's a completely different compound. It's THCV delta eight, um, and it acts differently. It doesn't have appetite suppression. So developing that with a lab that doesn't know that, right, and having them develop those standards will then make it so that the consumers overall will be getting that actual compound. 
So instead of getting one that would not cause appetite suppressing, uh, you know, they would be getting like a Delta eight version that might get them high. <laughs> so, right. so, so, so there's a difference between Delta eight and Delta nine THCV. Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. I guess it's the differences right there. You want to, <laughs> exactly. So like, know. yeah. So like we, we know that, and then we go talk to the lab and then they, they figure out and develop it so that they, you know, can help better the rest, whoever else they work with, you know? So I think right now that's the future of cannabis is share data, figure out new compounds and work with regulators to get them into the market safely. Because at that point, then we can start get to, to get science and clinical data around it. And then we won't have any denials of how powerful it is in these people's lives that we see every day where it's changing how they operate and, you know, which medications they have to take and which ones... They, they can avoid <laughs> so yeah i mean i i, I the, those of you that are on here for the first time i mean cannabis the whole reason jack and i do the show is that we've been immensely changed by cannabis i've i've dropped like 50 or 60 pounds come off five or six different medications just you know and and really just utilize cannabis now <laughs> that's all i utilize so it's um there's just there's I, I think your research is just so important obviously you know that that you guys are doing and especially like all the stuff that we talked about today with covid and anxiety and it's just like covid you know anxiety induced by covid all that stuff it's just um it's 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 good important uh work and and also i think it's really important that you guys are local and i know we talked about this a few times but for those of you out there, uh, just and Dr. Tony, you tell me if this is the best way, but I'm sure they can just go to the website and log in their, their zip code and find the nearest store because the stores, the experience is like a spa experience. If you guys haven't been there to a your CBD store and you want to try good quality CBD, good customer experience, um, you walk in and it's literally like you're walking into a spa. You have someone that greets you right away and they, you know, there's products up that you can try and all that good stuff that, that are sitting out there, samples and whatnot. But yeah, Dr. Tony, I would love for you to, uh, I just want to throw a plug in there because I really appreciated your environment there, but I'd love to hear, you know, where people can get more information on you guys, SunMed, SunFlora, your CBD store, all that stuff. So. Yeah, so the, the website is uh, cbdrx4u.com, but if you just search your CBD store, we're the first yeah. link. We're going through an overhaul of our website. We really cultivated the store experience. So, But it is a good way to find um, a store near you. So if you click that and you just take a look at the menu, you'll see all the different states that we're in. I think we're in 47 states at this point. Um, so just find the state, find the location near you. And that's really the idea is like they're educated. I have webinars on all the product formulations that come out. They know everything about like they know all about how THCV has different, you know, isomers. Um, so like any anything that's going on in the in the hemp space, in the cannabis space, we try to educate them at corporate and get everybody on the same page. So when you walk in, hopefully you're you're hearing no definite answers, uh, very well understanding of how the endocannabinoid system works and how complicated it is but that's sort of what we're trying to cultivate too is the the store experience should be calming it should be filled with you know education and you shouldn't be pressured to buy hemp oil on, on your way out and all that stuff so. and 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 you're you know one thing i want to mention on that too is that i've walked into plenty of hemp stores or dispensaries where i just get so frustrated by the fact that people have no idea what they're talking about Right. And, and like yeah. people coming in to use cannabis for the first time and these people are the ones, you know, helping them. Right. And so it's it, I think, again, what you guys do, it's an entirely different experience. And every time you walk into one of your stores, not only does it feel welcoming and approachable just based on the 
pure professionalism of the aesthetics, but the people, you know, your, your workers themselves are definitely, you know, they're, they're professional in the way that they, you know, consult with the client as well, right? There are no definitives. They, they don't say X is this and X and Y is that. Yeah. You don't do that. Um, they, they tell you what they know and the research behind it, and they help you make a decision. And that's how I, I think, in my opinion, any good salesperson really operates in, in any good business, in my opinion, right? So, uh, no, not, well, listen, I, I think, I think you know, just the fact that you guys have 600 locations nationwide. Huge. I mean, people can just walk around and find you guys pretty easily. But, uh, yeah, yeah so, so, you know, definitely check out, you know, the website. Find out where your nearest store is. Walk in. Take a look. It's a really nice experience, everybody. And and uh, Dr. Tony, I just want to say thank you again for uh, joining us on the show. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And Jack, do you want to uh, do you want to go ahead and close us out? Where people yeah. Can find us? Check us out, guys. The Cannabis C uh, Gmail on Gmail, the Cannabis C Gmail Message us any questions you may have. Instagram, the Cannabis C. Um, also, YouTube channel, the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast, and our website thecannabisc.com. Check us out, guys. Let us know if you have any questions. We're getting a lot more traction on social media lately. So if you got questions, send them on over and we'll make it in episodes. We appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys nerding out with us today. Have a good one. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. 
I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.